Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Ah, Jesus is Lord. Amen. We are so happy and so honored and blessed to be with you here in Lakeside. Thank you, Pastor Phil, for the invitation and dear friends of ours. And uh, I, I looked up the first time we came to Lakeside was in 2006. And uh, so it's been a while. And it's so such an honor. And, and, and some of you might not know this or might have forgotten, but... You are partners with us, with Sharon and I, our ministry, the Seek and Save Project on a continual basis. We thank you. God has done amazing things. You know, Sharon's been writing these Seek and Save gospel books for children that they can understand who Jesus is. There's a prayer of salvation in every book, and God's opened doors for us to take these books into Africa in the public schools. And uh, since 2011 till today, I'm happy to report to you that we have seen 124,000 children give their hearts to Jesus openly and publicly in public school. We give God all the glory. And uh, pray for us in uh, just over two weeks, about three weeks. We are going, taking a, our 13th Seek and Save trip with a team to South Africa. And we have 10,000 of these Seek and Save books ready to distribute to 10,000 children. And before they get the book, they will hear of Jesus and get an opportunity to say yes to Him. Pray that we will get a 10,000 soul harvest in four days. Will you do that? Now... One other thing that I'm really excited about is, you know, the beginning of the year, the Lord's just laid on our hearts to do more, to do more. We, we go for the masses and go for soul harvest. We're evangelists. And uh, we found this orphanage, 104 orphans and vulnerable children in the region of South Africa with the highest HIV AIDS infection rate in the world. And we found this orphanage. They do a phenomenal job. And, and the, the government designated these children as vulnerable. And we felt in our spirit, we can, we can change that from vulnerable to invincible with the help of God. And that's what we're going to do. And, 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 you know, today in three weeks, we are going to be on site at the orphanage. It's uh, with the church. Uh, the local church there, and we are going to throw the biggest combined birthday bash these kids have ever seen. They celebrate a plate of food a day. Their lives are uncelebrated, unseen, insignificant. They, 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 they're called vulnerable. Well, we're going to say you're special, you're loved, you're appreciated, you're valued. And so pray for us. In the last two weeks, Sharon and I have gone from Walmart to Walmart, buying presents. We bought 104 pairs of sneakers, different sizes. They gave us the sizes, sets of clothes. We made special personalized backpacks, seek and save backpacks. These clothes will go in there and every child is going to be celebrated. They will receive a special gift because they are valuable to Jesus. And your partnership with us enables us to do that and to reach the children of the world. We say thank you. We put together just a very short video clip to introduce you to these precious children. We don't have children of our own. These 104 
are ours. Celebrate them with us. Play the video for us. Jesus loves them even more. Turn to someone and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. Go ahead, go ahead, get, get your heart prepared. God's going to do something amazing, something special, something awesome. In preparation for the Word of God, let's stand together. We're going to sing one song and just open our hearts. Get ready. The, war, the Lord wants to do something significant in each one of us this morning. To worship you, Lord, I live. To worship you, I live, I live to worship you. Just tell it to him today. To worship him, I live. To worship you, I live, I live to worship you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 your name is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus,
my song, Jesus, the name above all Lord I Jesus, Lord, your presence makes me whole. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, you said you will never leave us, you will never forsake us, but you are here with us. We welcome you, Lord. We welcome you in this house, we welcome you in our lives, we welcome you in our hearts, and we pray, oh God, that you will speak to us. Do what you alone can do this morning. Lord, we welcome your fingerprints all over our existence. We thank you that you mold us and you make us and you, you do what you alone can. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we give you all the glory. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Turn to someone and say, smile, Jesus loves you, and then you may be seated. Hallelujah. God is so good. Take your Bibles, if you would, and let's go to the book of Judges, chapter 6. Judges, chapter 6. And uh, so thankful for Sharon uh, that's here with me. You know, for much of this year, I had to travel alone. And uh, it's just not the same, because she's the better half. And uh, just last month... Uh, they, you know, she, went, she was invited to the Rhythm of Gospel Music Award show that was televised from Jacksonville, Florida. She would never tell you, but I just want to give God the glory. Her newest CD received four nominations, um, award nominations, and I'm happy to report this is now an award-winning CD. The, <laughs> the title song, It Is Well With My Soul, received the award for the CCM Song of the Year. And we give God the glory, and uh, it's been a blessing to so many already, and uh, we brought some with if you want to avail yourself of that blessing. I want to speak to you about a real, genuine, authentic, active God in our lives. How many of you know we are surrounded by plastic? Uh, fake news are on everybody's lips. You know, there's so much pretense out there, but I want to just remind us, God is real, genuine, authentic, and active in our lives. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that we serve an active, living, authentic, real God? And um, that's what I want to talk to you about today. So Judges chapter 6, let's read from verse 1. The Bible says, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Say evil. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel made for themselves dens, the caves, and strongholds which are in the mountains. What a sad beginning. The Bible says that the people of God, the children of Israel, did evil in the sight of the Lord. Evil is a very broad term, and I wanted to know what is it that invited or brought an enemy 
called the Midianites into their lives. And I wanted to know what evil means. Evil comes from the root word in the Hebrew that means to spoil, or it also means to break in pieces. How many of you know that we are so good at spoiling God's plans for our lives? We're so good at what should be built up, we break down. Did you know that the Bible says God has good plans for you? Uh, to give you a hope and a future. God wants the best for you and for me. But many times through our actions, through our stinking thinking, our wrong mindset, through circumstances and a broken life we're living, we spoil those plans of God in our lives. How many of you have ever messed up? <laughs> There's some of you out there. Huh? This is a, almost a perfect church, Pastor. Praise the Lord. But we kind of spoil God's plans through what we do. And that's where the people of God found themselves. What happened, the result, the price they paid for their actions is God allowed an enemy to come in. The enemy's name is Midian or the Midianites, which literally means the name uh, Midianites comes from the Hebrew word that means strife, contention, brawling. It speaks of fighting, a fighting spirit. It's almost like they go through life and they got to fight to get where they are. They fight with this one, fight with that one, brawling, contention, strife, no peace. It's like you have to always battle your way through. At work, you got to fight, fight, fight to get up and to get out. Oh, at, at, at home, you, you, you fight, fight, fight to get your, 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 your point across. Families fight, strife, contention. That's no way to live. That's not what God wants for our lives. And sometimes the fighting is because of our own actions that we have done. Now, it's in this background that this whole story is set. So let's go to verse 11. Turn to someone and say, wake up, the good part's starting. Look at this now, verse 11. And now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree. Say angel of the Lord. Say sat. Now this is interesting. Every time in the Old Testament where it says the angel of the Lord spelt with a capital A, it literally refers to Jesus. This is Jesus manifested in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord. And the Bible says he came and he sat under the tree that was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the Abishrite, which his son Gideon, say Gideon, he threshed wheat in the winepress, say wheat in the winepress, in order to hide it from the Midianites, say hide it. This is an amazing story. Listen, God that's Jesus himself, the angel of the Lord, comes and sits, seemingly inactive. He comes as an invisible observer, and he looks at what's going on in one person's life. This person's name is Gideon. And we find Gideon do something strange. You don't take wheat into the wine press. Wheat does not belong in the wine press. You take grapes into the wine press and wheat goes to the threshing floor. 
But because of the enemy, because of these bad circumstances that he's in, he's got to hide away, he's got to run away. And so he hides in a place where nobody will look for him in the time of wheat. That's in the wine press. And he's doing his wheat in the wine press. See, that's the problem with fighting an enemy. That's a problem of having to hide away. When challenging circumstances arise in our lives, sometimes it drives us to do strange things. Just for self-preservation. Have you ever done something strange just to keep breathing? Just to keep living? Just to, Your life's hanging by threads as it is. And so Gideon is cowardly hiding away. God sees it all, but Gideon has no clue. <laughs> Over here we have the first expression of God's presence in Gideon's life. He's the invisible observer. How many of you know, nothing escapes God's attention? You say, well, I don't feel him. Doesn't matter if you what you feel, he's there. He might be inactively sitting under a tree watching you but he's fully aware of what's going on let me explain to you when i when, when we go back to south africa all of our family is still there and my niece and nephew at a time a few years ago when she was five and he was three they loved to play games with their uncle and one of the games that were their favorites was was hide and go seek and so, you know, you hide away and they find you and they hide away and I find them. And so I'd count to 10 and they ran and go hide themselves. The three-year-old cannot hide for anything. He sticks his head under the table. And just because his head is under the table, his diaper bottom is sticking out. He doesn't care. He's hidden. And he's not quiet. He's wiggling and squiggling and giggling and everything, you know. He, he's hiding, but I can hear him a mile away. I know exactly where he is. But he doesn't know it. So he's hiding, and when I find him, oh, that's when the fun starts. The game, the object of the game is not in hiding, but in finding. And so... One time it was my turn to hide. So I said to them, count to ten. I knew I had to be quick because they peek while they count. So I run into the, the bedroom, my mom and dad's bedroom. And they had these long curtains in front of the, the, the window, the sheer curtains and then the big ones. So I stand next to the window with my back against the wall. Behind the curtain, I can see everything through the sheer curtain. But because I'm behind the wall or with my back against the wall, they cannot see me, but I can see them. And the five-year-old runs into that room. She's faster, she's bigger, better, and she peaked. So she beats the three-year-old in the room. She knows I'm in there, but she cannot see me. He knows I'm in there because Sissy saw me go in there and you know what first place he looks he pulls a drawer looks in there 
I'm not going to fit in a drawer. But his mind does not compute that yet. And he's excited. He's in the drawer. No, he's not. She looks under the bed. I cannot fit under the bed. The bed is just, there's this much room under the bed. I cannot fit. But they look there. Cannot find me. Immediately, the three-year-old is distracted. He sees something on the bed. Dolls or whatever he's not supposed to look at. He could look at, but don't play. He starts playing. Because he does not see me. The game's over. She still looks. She knows I'm in there, but she cannot see me. When she couldn't see me, couldn't find me, she starts crying. I jump out, and of course, joy all over again. Friend, I want you to know, sometimes God hides behind the curtain. Sometimes God is the invisible observer. Don't for one minute think that because you cannot see him, he's not there. Don't for one minute think that the presence of difficult circumstances in your life means the absence of a mighty God. It does not mean that he sees, he knows, nothing escapes him. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Sometimes he's invisible and he observes. But thank God that's not all he does. Are you getting something out of this? Look at this now. Look at this now. Huh. The angel of the Lord, verse 12, appeared to him. Say appeared. Here we have the second expression of the presence of God in Gideon's life. The first one was God sat and watched under, from under the, the oak, from a distance away. Now, the Bible says God appeared to him. Hallelujah. I love this. I want to speak this over your life. God is about to appear in your situation. Huh? He's going to make himself known. Might not be visible, but it's going to be spiritual. Hallelujah. You will know that you know that you know God is speaking to you. He appears. What does he say? The Bible says, this is the greeting. The Lord is with you. Say, the Lord is with you. You mighty man of valor. Wow, what a greeting. <laughs> this is good news. But it's kind of inaccurate, isn't it? The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Well, we find the mighty man of valor cowering away, hiding wheat from, in the winepress from the enemy. <laughs> He's not acting in valor at all. He has no courage at all. He lives in discouragement. He lives in fear, difficult circumstances. The enemy is on his back. He's, he's running away. And God says, you mighty man of fearless courage. See, this is, this is something about God that I love. He does not label you by your past. He does not call you by your present. He prophesies over you because of your future. Oh, um, let me put it to you this way. God sees potential in you. And He will speak to the potential. He will call the things that are not yet in your life as if they already are. Are. Hallelujah. When he sees you, he doesn't seem, see the broken you. He doesn't see the challenged you. He doesn't see the sinful you. He doesn't see the mistake you. He doesn't see 
the you that's you right now. He sees the you that's in tomorrow. He sees the you that he has formed and made and perfected through time. He speaks to the potential he has in your life. That's our God. You mighty man of fearless courage. Turn to someone and say, mighty man, mighty woman. Just because you don't feel like it today doesn't mean you're going to be, not be it one day. Or maybe even when you walk out of this place. Because God already sees you as you're going to be. When we were unlovable material, He loved us. Why? Because He does not look at us in our present tense. He looks at us as the people we can become. The potential. I love this. Ah, the Lord is with you. In other words, you're not alone. What an amazing greeting. Now look at, I'm pretty sure Gideon was very excited about this. Verse 13, Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord. There's many places you could say, oh, like a sigh. But this should have given him excitement. Oh, my Lord. If the Lord is with us, why then has this happened to us? Have you ever asked why? (laughs) Why, Lord? Why? Why this? Why that? We need explanations from the Lord. When Sharon had this difficulty with her back in the beginning of the year, and I see my wife, she cannot walk. I had to carry her to the bed when this all happened. And I thought, God, why? Why now? Why this? Why that? Why that? I mean, listen, I want you to know that even the godliest of people come to a place where they wonder why. Why has this happened? Sometimes we battle enemies. Sometimes it's challenges and circumstances. Sometimes we bring it on ourselves and sometimes other people pile it on us. The fact of the matter is the devil's out to get us. He wants to steal, kill and destroy from us. And we're so wrapped up in the present challenge. We say, why? Why has this befallen us? Look at what he says. He says, where are all his miracles that our fathers told us about? In other words, the God we heard about is not the God I'm experiencing in my life. Where are all the miracles? There's one miracle sitting right there. Here's another miracle standing right here. How many of you can testify that Jesus washed away your sins? He's forgiven you. You're a miracle. 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 Oh, I see some miracles up in the balcony as well. Where are all his miracles? Listen, God has not changed. He's still the miracle worker. But you and I are the miracles of God. And we can testify of that. Gideon says, where are they? says, now the Lord has forsaken us. This is, can you see the irony? He speaks to the Lord face to face, eyeball to eyeball, kneecap to kneecap. And he says, I don't see God. He's gone. He's saying that to the Lord right in front of him. Listen, sometimes you can be in the middle of a God encounter and not even know it. You could speak to God face to face and not even know it. God can show himself out of his word. You can read read scripture and he literally jumps off the page into your heart and you don't even know it. Sometimes he does a miracle. He's in the 
in the process of doing it, and you still say, I don't see it. That's the God we live and serve. Man. Look at this now. Are you still with me? Are you, are you still getting something out of this? Verse 14. The Bible says, Then the Lord turned to him. Say, turned to him. Wow. Third expression of God's presence in our lives. Number one, he sits under the tree, seemingly inactive, just observing, taking notes. Nothing escapes him, knows exactly what's going on. Second expression, he appears, he manifests himself, and he speaks. He's got a word, a prophetic word that will pull us into the future. Thirdly, the Bible says he turned to him. He's not side by side. He's now face to face. How many of you know that when your wife turns to you, oh, a kiss is coming. It's always good. When she's beside you, the kiss is not going to work that well. So you've got to turn towards to face you. Some of you are living your life, you feel like God has turned against you. That's not the word of God. He's turning towards you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. You are too valuable. Your life is too costly. The work that Jesus done on the cross of Calvary is too precious. He will not give up on you. He will not turn against you. Listen, there's one that turned against you. That is called Satan. He's against you. Even if you feel all of the world's against you. God today is turning towards you. He's here with open arms, ready to give you some love. The Bible says, he turned to him and he said, Go in this your might. Say, this your might. I don't see might yet. <laughs> oh, this! What Gideon has now, that, this, the this of Gideon is not might. I wouldn't call it might. It's cowardice, it's disappointment. He's hiding away. He's got nothing. He feels alone. He feels forsaken. He's all alone in his own mind. God says, go in this your might. His tank is empty. He has no ability. He has no strength and courage left at all. God says, go in this your might. Why? Because when you feel weakest, God is biggest. I'm going to say that again. When you feel weakest, God is biggest. You have to understand, when you come at the end of the rope, God's just beginning. Hallelujah. When you feel like giving up, God takes over. Hallelujah. Oh, you see, when you come to the point and realization that if I am in Jesus and Jesus is in me, I will bear much fruit. However, apart from Him, separated from Him, when I'm all alone, I am nothing. That's the realization God says to get Him. That's where you need to be. Be highly dependent on me always. Go in this your might. 
Go in this your deficiency. Go in this your smallness. Go in this with just your arms open wide and say, God, I cannot do a thing. That's when God can do his thing in your life. Go in this your might. <laughs> and you shall save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Did you know that even in the midst of terrible circumstances, God still has a mission for you? <laughs> even when you're challenged to the core, you could still mean something for the kingdom of God. Even when you feel like you're good for nothing, you're good to be used by the Lord. Not abused, used used to proclaim his blessing and his favor on your life i have sent you look at this verse 15 by now surely gideon must be raving and so he said to him oh my lord how can i save israel my clan is the weakest, say weakest, in Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's house. Basically, he's saying, Lord, you don't, you don't know where I'm coming from. I'm not from the tribe of Judah. I'm not from the tribe of Benjamin where kings have come from. My tribe is Manasseh. Who? knows of Manasseh and even Manasseh ah my family is the smallest most insignificant in the whole tribe <laughs> we don't have the name that others have we don't have the finances that others have wow I grew up in the wrong side of the tracks my clan is the weakest and then not just that I'm the smallest in my weakest clan <laughs> have you ever felt like that no matter what God has for you, you'll never be good enough. You don't qualify. You'll never attain to anything. Sharon and I have been married for how many years is it now? 29, 28. It's wonderful 28 years. We're, we're, we're still on honeymoon. We don't have children of our own. It could have braked us. Is that a word? It could have broken us. <laughs> We could have sulked for 28 years. We don't have children. We could have let our deficiency define us. We could have let the devil slap us up the side of the head every time we see kids. Now we have 104. I didn't plan it. <sighs> <laughs> Sarah, Abraham, <laughs> try shopping for them. Pray for us this week. We have to go get socks and underwear for 104 kids. And the, 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 the sizes don't match. That's different. The point I want to make is this. That God can take your weakest of weaknesses... And use you mightily in the kingdom of God. In that weakness. Stop sulking. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Get over yourself and get into God. Let him lift you up. Don't settle for the 
casual observer, the inactive, invisible God that never does anything. God is more than that. Don't settle for the God that once in a while appear in a service and he speaks to me prophetic words that give me goosebumps and say, Oh, it's wonderful, but you're still busy with your, Oh, my Lord's. Let God activate your faith. Let God transform your life. Invite him to not just speak, but to work. And when you become or come to the realization that I'm nothing, then he can be everything in your life. Isn't God good? <sighs> Look at this. I'm the least. I'm the smallest. I'm the weakest. Verse 16, the Lord said, surely I will be with you. No matter what you do, where you go, I will be there. Oh, I love this. When you believe in Jesus, when you give your heart to the Lord, you're never alone. He's with you always. And he says, and I will, and you shall defeat Mid the Midianites as one man. Say, as one man. <laughs> no man, much less all the men of Israel together, could not defeat the Midianites. God says, I'm going to do a thing so great in you that you alone will stand up and see the victory. <laughs> Someone hiding away beating wheat in the wine press will beat the Midianites as one man. What a change. Only God can do that type of transformation. Let me close with one testimony. We were in Salt Lake City, Utah, actually more towards Ogden, just outside of Salt Lake City, and we did a meeting on a Sunday. There was a young man, he kind of looked like a fish out of water, like he, he did not belong, he didn't know, he did not quite fit in the meeting. But we, we did the meeting and I gave an altar call and I saw this young man's hand shot up and he got up and he walked down the aisle uh, responding to the altar call to give his life to Jesus along with many others. But he's crying. He's a mess. God's just doing a work in his life. God's all over him. And he encounters God in amazing ways that day. After the meeting, he comes to me, he says to me, I need to tell you what, what just happened. I said, I'd love to hear because something happened. He said, I came into this meeting, I was an atheist. I said, whoa, 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 did I hear you correctly? You were an atheist. That means you don't believe that there's a God. He said, yep, that, that was me. I said, how did you come to the church? If you don't believe, why even come? He said, well, I met a young lady and she's part of this church and I wanted to score brownie points with her. She invited me to church, so I came. I said, then what happened? He said, I sat in the back and I mocked. My mind mocked everything. I found fault with everything. I criticized this, criticized that, the looks of the people, the gullibility. Oh, when they started to, to sing, uh, it was just my mind was mocking, mocking, mocking. They sing to nobody because there's no God, I said. My mind was going on and, and then they, they put up their hands uh, and I mocked in my mind what they were doing. When they, when they took up the, 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 the offering, I was mocking and said, I knew this was trickery. It's all about money. Church is always about money. I was mocking because there's no God in my mind. 
Then you were preaching. I said, yeah. And then he said, I mocked you up and down. Everything you said, I questioned. It's farce. It's plastic. It's not real. It's not authentic. There is no God. What he's saying is garbage. Mumbo jumbo. I said, really? He said, and then you asked us to close our eyes. And if you want to be included in this prayer to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, put up your hand. I was mocking, mocking. My mind was mocking and my hand went up. He said, my, my mind over, or my hand overwritten my mind. He said, and my mind mocked my hand for being up. He said, what do you do up there? He said, and then my eyes started tearing up. I started crying. I didn't know why. I was mocking, mocking, mocking in my mind. My hand was up and now I'm crying. And when you said, get up out of your seat and come to the front, I didn't want to. My mind said, no, 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 no. But my heart took control and said, yes, 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 yes. So I came up front. I didn't know what to do, what to expect. My mind's still saying, uh-uh. My heart said, yes, please. Somewhere between my heart and my mind, I found Jesus. My heart spoke louder than my mind. I had to start listening to my heart and not my reason. God did some unreasonable things with me today that my mind has no way of computing. But I can tell you this, I found Jesus. The atheist became a believer. That's what God can do. Only God can do that. You're sitting here, you're facing difficult circumstances. You're challenged to the core. Some areas of your life is broken. You're disillusioned, disheartened, discouraged. You're fighting, fighting, fighting. You feel like you always have to fight for something. Listen, it's time to live in the peace of God. It's time to let go of the strife and the contention. It's time to just let go and be who God made you to be. He's got great plans over you. He wants to touch you and change your life. If he can do it with an atheist in Salt Lake City, he can do it with you right here at Lakeside Assembly. You see, even though God said, I'm with you, and the second time, I will be with you, that was truth. God never lies. But God cannot do anything just with truth. We need to allow His truth to become reality. We need to allow His truth of His Word become reality. What do you mean, Rudy? See, you can read all the scripture you want, and it's truth. It's God's Word. But you've got to appropriate it. You've got to activate it. My dad, when I was a young boy, on the farm in South Africa, told me once, stay away from the honeybees. They have a hive. You don't want to get close to the hive. They will sting you. 
They're angry. We're not talking about placid American bees. These are killer African bees. I knew my dad would never lie to me. He spoke the truth. He said, you do not want to be stung by a bee. I, I understood that. I believed it. And then one day I got too close to the hive. I got stung twice right on my brow. Thank God I pulled a sack over my head before the rest of the swarm came. Two stings. It stung. It burned like fire. Within an hour, my eye was shut, swollen shut. I could see the reality of a bee sting. I could feel the reality of a bee sting. And somehow, my dad's words of truth meant so much more now. Because I felt them. God speaks his best over you. Will you make his words reality in your life today? Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. You are here today, not by accident, not by coincidence. God appointed you to be here, to hear his words today. He loves you. He's got the best plan for you. And just because things have gone sideways in some respects, in some areas of your life, you're challenged, does not mean that God does not love you anymore and He's not with you. Some of you are sitting here, you feel lost. Lost in your sin. Lost in your circumstance. You're beating wheat in the wine press. You're doing things you would never do normally. You're thinking of things you never think of normally. But you're under such stress, under such pressure. Life is so difficult that you feel lost. Well, friend, Jesus is here and he's found you. If you will surrender your life to Jesus today, he will pull you out of the wine press today. He will say to you, I am with you. He'll put courage in the place of discouragement. He'll put valor in the place of cowardice. God is speaking to you right now and I want to pray a prayer with you. If you want to be included in this prayer and you say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. Jesus, I'm going to surrender to you. I feel lost in my circumstance, even in my sin. But I pray that you will appear that you will manifest your presence in my life today. I want to connect with you in a powerful way. I want to make things right with you. I want my heart to speak, not my mind. If that's you right now, you want to be included in the prayer I'm about to pray. Quickly, slip up your hand. I'm going to pray for you right now. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Even up in the balcony, God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you. God bless you. We're going to pray in a minute. Here's a second invitation. You're sitting here and you say, Rudy, I know God has something big for me, but I'm so small. I'm so weak. I'm so frail. I just, I don't know if I have what it takes. I don't know if my tank is full enough to accomplish what I feel God is calling me to. I feel weakness. I feel frailty and insignificance. Friend, I'm here to tell you that with God, all things are possible. And if you are here today and you say, Rudy, I'm going to be willing to believe. I want to activate my faith. Even though I'm weak, even though I'm small, 
I want to go in this realization that I can do nothing. Without Him, I'm nothing. But with my God, all things are possible. I will accept His mission and I will do what He wants me to do. If that's you and you also want to be included in this prayer, quickly slip up your hand. We'll pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. All over this place, people are saying, yep, that's me. As a matter of fact, let's stand to our feet. If you want to be included in this prayer, stand with me on your feet. We're going to pray together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As a matter of fact, let's just step out of our seats. Come to the front. I meet you here. You meet me here. We're going to pray together. Even if you're in the balcony, we'll wait for you. Come on down right now. God is about to do a miracle in your life. This is the moment. Just right now, just step out if you would. We're not going to hold you long. We're just going to pray a prayer. A powerful release of the anointing and the presence of God. God with us, revealed in us, your name is called, people are still coming, we're waiting on you, Emmanuel. standing in front here will you just lift your hands to heaven that's where your help comes from it's a universal sign of I give up I surrender hallelujah let's pray this prayer together church you can join us in it's a prayer of dedication to the Lord Jesus pray this aloud that you can hear the sound of your voice dear Lord Jesus I come to you today like Gideon I am challenged you know every area of my life you know my weakness you know my smallness but I give it all to you Lord I belong to you thank you for giving your life to me thank you oh God that I can call on your name and your name your word says if I call on your name I will be saved save me rescue me touch me lift me do what you alone can in my life I'm yours and you are mine I declare that in Jesus name father I pray for each person standing in front here connecting with you we're in the middle of a God encounter and Lord we just speak life over their lives right now that you do a mighty work Lord that you transform every area of challenge into an area of opportunity we thank you that you say you are not alone but I am with you I pray that every individual will experience your presence not just as a distant observer but 
also as a manifestor of the power of Almighty God that you do something special, courageous and miraculous in every life. We speak it forth in Jesus' name and we thank you for breakthrough from this place forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give God all the praise and the glory.